0: My name's John. I'm part of the team here at One Hope and glad you could be along and uh, welcome to those of you that are joining online. It's always great that um, if you can't be in person that we can um, worship together and, and open the Word together as well. So um, just a note if you are listening online um, and those of us in the room, I kind of want to talk today in a way that is um, maybe a little more specific to our Moolap Congregation of One Hope. So if you're online or um, you're in the room and you're a guest this morning, maybe you come along with um, uh, friends or family. Um, welcome to a bit of a conversation just about you know that is probably about us as a as a congregational family. And so um, I hope in what I share, you'll um, most of all um, hear the promises of the Bible um, that are true for each of us that Jesus gave His life and so and and death and resurrection, so we can be united with a loving God. Like most of all, but um, as an extension of that that, you know, um, you'd pick up a bit of a heartbeat or a sense of um, who we are as a people here at One Hope and especially our um, Mulap congregation. I love the language that Marie used before when she was leading us in worship, where she just said, the love of God is poured out for us. And that, that is the language of the Bible, of the Scriptures, where it says that, that um, Jesus came and it's like living water to our hearts, living water to our souls. You know, you don't have to think too much um, what it feels like to be physically thirsty and your mouth goes dry, your throat is parched and you're, you can get to a point where you're, if you're thirsty enough, your strength fades and you just crave water. You, you crave living water. And you know, the difference when you're like, oh, whether you've been exercising or doing something outside, as the weather warms up, we, we get this sense like, oh yeah, even if I'm out in the garden, garden pottering around, oh, it's good to be refreshed by having water. And Jesus used this language in John 7 in the Bible where he said, Jesus stood up and he shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. That's anyone. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And so that's a promise for each and every person here today, for you and for I, that we can, um, we can come to know the love of God and we can have living water deep into our, in, in our hearts, in our being, that no matter what we face, that we will go, I'm refreshed and I'm renewed. To be spiritually thirsty, to be dried up inside, can you, know, can you think of a moment like that in your life where you just feel so empty and in, almost in anguish? And the impact that that can have on your life. We live in a society, we're part of a society and culture that plays a couple of nice little tricks on us, I think. And one is that our society would hold up and say, no, you're not really thirsty. You're not really thirsty at all. And so we actually just deny that we have a part of us that hungers and thirsts for more meaning and purpose than what the world can provide. The second thing that our um, society does, not so subtly is, I would say is, um, they would say to us, your thirst can be filled by, insert whatever here, X, Y, Z. It's almost like misplaced thirst. Ah, our society would hold up and say, you are thirsty for these things. If you have these things, your your thirst will be clenched. You'll find meaning, you will find purpose. You can have everything you want. And maybe in your own life, or you've heard someone who would say something like, I had everything I ever wanted, but I didn't have the thing that I needed. Misplaced thirst. We're thirsty, but we don't have anything to quench our thirst. To add to this, the prophet Jeremiah speaks to the people and says, you know, even as followers of Jesus, we can do something where we take it a step further. And Jeremiah says this in chapter 2. This is God speaking. He says, You, my people, you've done two evil things. You've abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and you've dug for yourselves cracked cisterns that can't hold water at all. Maybe you can identify with that this morning. Where you've had a moment in your life where it's like you've chosen to abandon God. And the language here is what the peop- those people do and we also do, which is we abandon God and also we try and substitute something. And the language here is like a reservoir of God's living water versus a, a cistern, like a you know, something that has just such a limited capacity to hold water. Picture this, um, Jeremiah and the people listening would have known that if you picture a well and rather than being expertly crafted, These people are coming along and they've not only tried to dig their own well, they've tried to patch it up and they've tried to make it the best that they can, but they don't have the ability. They don't have the skill. And so instead of nice, clear water that refreshes, all of their water picks up mud and grit and everything is discoloured and everything tastes a little bit dirty. And this is the picture that Jeremiah is looking to hold up to not only them, but also to us. And so that's why when Jesus proclaims that he is living water for all those that are thirsty, this is perfect. People were waiting for that. And we can receive that afresh today. God's purpose of um, living water, and I love what Matt was talking about in the tithing video, where it's not just us, uh, not just as individuals, it's also an us together. God not only blesses us individually, he blesses us as a body, as his church body. I think I've shared with some of you how I was listening to... a family in the life of our church who, had, um, a, who have a life group and one of the members of their life group is a young man in his early 20s and so they had a meal together where they just had a really simple lunch and they came together and there was a moment where it was kind of quiet and they looked at this young man and he hadn't said much at all. And They said, are you, going, are you doing okay? You haven't contributed much to the conversation. And he said, yeah, I'm just, it just really struck me something about this meal and they're like, well, well, well what is it? Well, it struck me, and this young man had come from a background where, um, you know, it it just hadn't been like this moment that they were sharing. And he said to them, this is actually the first time that I've ever sat around a table and shared a meal with a family. And here's a young man in his early 20s. And my mind went to that living water is not only poured into us individually, it's poured into us together. And in that moment, that warmth of that community and that purpose of coming together as a life group to celebrate what God is doing and to open the Scriptures and to pray together and also to share a meal, in a really small, seemingly insignificant way, living water had been poured into this young man's life. He experienced the goodness and the love of God that he hadn't before in the the sense of community that was there and present. The last little while I've been thinking about um, what God is um, doing in our community, particularly here at our Mullap campus. And um, I'd like to take a moment or two this morning to talk about a particular group of people that I've got a growing appreciation and understanding for. And um, to do that, I need a bit of help. So I'm going to ask Nathan to come up here. Um, why don't you put your hands together for Nathan as he comes up? <clears throat> You can just stand right there, mate. And for those, um, for those listening online, how would you describe yourself? Uh, <laughs> um, nice, attractive, I don't know, whatever. Ask my wife. Ask my wife. That's right. Um, I just wanted to bring Nathan up here to... Um, talk about a group of people that I've, I've just dubbed young professionals. There wasn't really a name to describe it. So I just started calling these, this group of people young professionals in the life of our church. And we've got some um, details up here um, that, that I'd use to describe, oh, here we go. So like 26 to 40 years old. And they might be singled or they might be partnered, but um, no children of their own. I don't know if we're gonna ask you to talk, but you've got a microphone now anyway, so you're gonna, like, it's good. So 26 to 40 years old and, um, you know, whether singled or partnered and no biological kids of their own. And I just started listening and going, oh man, we we seem to have a growing number of people in this age group. And I asked some friends from other churches and said, what do you do with your, and I described this group of people and they're like, huh, there was kind of a bit of silence. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now, as I listened to people in this demographic speak and share, I was like, oh, this is really different to what we would call young adults. Like 18 to 25 years old, a lot of them like still living at home, playing Xbox till 3 a.m. and mum makes all their meals, okay, and tidies their room, okay? Um, You will know if you're a young adult if your mum sends me an email during the week because she's upset with that, all right? It's a completely different group of people. But I would say looking at this group of young professionals and, you know, there is clear purpose. This is not the person that is, you know, kind of just asking questions about what their career may be. These 26 to 40-year-olds, they are like neck deep in their career and many of them are smashing it in their workplaces. They are getting promotions and I listen to them and it's like, oh, so you're head of a team. How many people do you head up? Oh, 40, 40. You're like 31, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are doing really well in their career. Amidst that, I feel like I hear them saying, though, they're looking for authenticity and purpose. And going back to that idea of living water, something that the world can't, just can't provide. Already they're picking up on this sense of like, oh, I could have a promotion, I could have more money, but that, doesn't, this, that really isn't filling me. And within that group of people, there's two distinct, I'm going to take your microphone for you because you won't need that for a moment. There's two distinct group of people. One is um, those that are single. And to um, symbolise this, you, can you put on, this guy loves wearing hats, and so you're going to put on your single single young professional. Okay, there's a reason you're, there's a reason you're still single. Okay. <laughs> and I should say too, like... I've made this distinction of having no biological kids of their own because something happens when we have kids, isn't it? It's a bit like that Jerry Seinfeld moment where he says, like, oh, you've got a kid, I've got a kid, like, let's be friends. Like, we just end up connecting with other young families. And so within this group of young professionals, there's singles. And one thing that I hear often is that a sense of heavy-heartedness, a sense of grief that it's like, actually, I'm... I'm in my thirties maybe, and this isn't where I imagined I would be in my life. And if you listen carefully, you'll hear the the heartbreak of going, actually, I, I I was hoping I'd have a partner by now. And I was really hoping that I'd have some kids by now. And there's a real sense of longing and a sense of grief. And for some people who are single in this young professional age group, they look around and they go, it's not that anyone's bad, everyone's good, but they, it's like one day they turn around and they go, Where, where's my group of friends? Where's, where's my gang? And they, they're wonderful friends who've gone off and partnered and had kids, and of course that's all great, and that's blessed by God and a good thing, but they look around and go, I'm, I feel a bit lonely here. Maybe you can swap into your, your, your um, partnered hat there. He's matured. So, this is our young professional who's partnered or married. And again, there's all these things of career and opportunities and travel and all those wonderful things that God blesses us with. But again, I, the more I've been trying to listen, I just hear this deep cry of grief where couples would say, Oh, it, it hasn't been a good season for us. It hasn't been a good season. And often there's a theme there where it's like the struggle to conceive or that there's been significant loss around trying to have children of their own. And all these things, I was just trying to listen and go, isn't there a tension there? Where it's like they've got everything, everything that the world would desire, but yet there's these needs and this grief and this deep longing that I'm like, I think only God and his family Meet. My thought was, what can we as a congregation do for these, for these young people, for these young professionals? Um, maybe you could whip your phone out if you've got it there, that, and take your hat off for a second. Just this posture, and Nath just being a, I was going to say a generic young professional—but you know, this could this could be the pose of a generation, couldn't it? Like this, phone out, and it symbolises so many things. And I just want to hold up, I'm mindful that there's kids in the room, so I, excuse me. This kind of posture can symbolise so many things. At the flick of a wrist, we could like, you know, it's the stereotype of what our culture says. On here, I pick up this device and I can look at how much money I'm making and how much I've invested in. And my opportunities and where I may need to travel to, and, and I hear a, like, listening to those young professionals, I feel is intentional, especially those that are single, was this, and we've got a, we've got a um, graphic up here of, did you know there's over 1,500 dating apps that are available to young people? 1,500. And this, in this moment, when I put up that graphic, I'm like, oh gee, I hope people don't start, oh, what's that? I've got no, no, <laughs> don't start downloading, don't start downloading. <laughs> but that's, you know, so many of these apps have, a, have a, a lean towards great relationships and then a lean towards momentarily uh, temporary acts of fulfilment. Um, again, I'm mindful that there's kids in the room. A bend towards relationship that, have, that lack warmth and lack love, that certainly have no intimacy or commitment or sacrifice. You'd almost go as far to say that could be actually like one of the most detrimental things to a person looking to live a godly life. What struck me was, and you can put your phone away, that's actually not the posture that I see in the young professionals that are part of our church. It's actually, can you do this one for us? It's actually that. As I started doing some numbers, I'm like, we've got, we've got over 40 young professionals in the life of our congregation here at Moeller. And what was so inspiring to me was to see them go, actually, they're looking to live a life of surrender. They're looking to live a life of purpose and to put God at the centre. And they're doing that even when it means that actually I'm going to choose loneliness over a relationship if it's not the right relationship. I'm going to choose to give and to sacrifice even when the world screams out to me that I could be doing something else. I'm going to choose to pursue God faithfully with everything I have. And I stopped when I thought about that and I just went, what a blessing these young professionals are to us as a church family. What a blessing they are. You're done. Thanks, man. Would you put your hands together for Nath? Someone asked the question, what could we do? What could we do? You know, you might look at Nathan or one of our other young professionals and think, I am so different to them, I have nothing in common. Maybe you're just like, I'm old enough to be their grandparent. Like, actually, where would I even start a conversation? I would just go back to this truth that if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you have rivers of living water flowing through you because of His presence. And so there's two things that God does for us and one that we can offer other people and I'd just like to share them very briefly. Three things that God has not only blessed our young professionals with, but each and every one of us when it comes to being living water is he's blessed us with the direction of scripture. And as hard as it is to read sometimes and we open up the word and it's like, man, this is so different to the culture that we live in, that God in his wisdom has blessed us with scripture to guide us and to lead us. And I would encourage you after today, if you're like, what's the, maybe what's the one thing that I could do? I would, I would encourage you with everything I have to pull out the Bible during the week. Even if it's starting with a verse that's spoken to you lots of time, but just going and saying to God, God, would you direct me? Would you lead me in my life? The second thing that God blesses us with is the power of his Holy Spirit enabling us to live the life that he has called us to. And thirdly, We have the encouragement of the body. And this is what I'd like to just focus our attention on this morning. Actually, what can each of us choose to do that we would be able to bless these young adults? We would be able to bless each other. We would be able to encourage each other. There's a really practical example of what living water looks like, and it's shared for uh, for us in the book of John. And... I encourage you to read it for yourself. Just really briefly, Jesus arrives at a well and there's a Samaritan woman looking to draw water out of the well. It's in the heat of the day and there's no one else around. This lady um, from observation is completely ostracised from from her community. They start talking about this idea of living water because she's drawing water um, literally from a well and Jesus, Jesus says to her, you know, if you knew who I really was, you would ask for a water that would never see you thirsty again. And the lady straight away says, that's, that's what I want. That's what I've been looking for. And so Jesus says, well, go and get your husband and share this good news. And supernaturally, of course, Jesus knew that she didn't have a husband. She responds, oh, I don't have a husband. I've actually been you know she's been married 5 times and the fellow that she's shacked up with isn't her husband. And so here's Jesus transforming the life of this woman with living water. And it's it holds us up to us Contrast two really different people. First of all, Jesus is like his disciples, you read it for yourself, they're like, What are you doing? Don't hang out with her. Like, she's not the person you should be hanging out with. They're so, so different. So, the fact that we're a community of different people isn't the obstacle for us, okay? Jesus leads the way in that and going, Actually, I'm going to move towards people. And just really briefly, three things that Jesus does for each one of us that we read about in this passage that now we can do for others. Number one, we can be living water into grief and hardship. Jesus demonstrates that to that woman. Her life was really, really hard work. I think the reminder for us is that we don't have to have experienced something in particular to be empathetic and caring towards other people. You might think, oh man, I, I just don't have anything in common with those young professionals. Where would I even start? Empathy is us saying, I'm going to choose to feel what you feel. And you don't have to have experienced something to choose to do that. And so I would encourage you that if you're out having a cuppa after the service and you're chatting with one of these young professionals, that you just, you just go, what, are they, what is their life like? And I'm going to choose to enter into what their life is like. As always... There's a tendency for us to want to just share our story and and you know, oh, I've you know, we'd end up talking about ourselves about that. I would encourage us to listen and to listen well. If you're gonna do one thing, I would encourage us as a as a church family that just as Jesus did, we come alongside people and hold up the promise of, that there's living water for each and every one of us. There's living water for each and every one of us. Rather than maybe talking about your experiences or what you think about a particular situation, look for opportunity where you can hold up what God has done or is doing in your life that serves as an encouragement to other people because that's where the life and vitality is. Secondly, Jesus models uh, this to us where we move move towards people and trust God. What Jesus did in that moment was Odd and confusing, and so countercultural to the people that witnessed this. But yet, he did it. I love the fact that God, in his wisdom and power, will orchestrate moments and times and conversations for each and every one of us, if we allow it, where we get to be a blessing to other people. And even though we're different and we may not even know them, that we can still go say, Jesus has transformed my life. I believe he wants to transform yours. Let's talk about that. Let's put that at the centre of who we are. And thirdly, we have opportunity to celebrate with others what God has done. In uh, John 4.28, it says, the woman left her jar beside the well and ran back. To the, to the village, to the people that she came from. Excuse me. We don't have the next verse, but it says this. Many from that town believed in Jesus because of that woman's testimony. She ran back towards people declaring, there is living water for your soul. There is living water for you you never have to be thirsty again because of the great love of God. Have you thought, take a moment to think about the people that she was running back to. What kind of people was she running back to with the good news of Jesus? I think, given what we know of her life, she was running back towards the people that had probably Spoken badly behind her back. Had insulted her to her face. Had She's running back towards the people that had ostracised her and condemned her. Yet she goes. Yet she goes. And I would hope that what happened to her hasn't happened to you. But even if there's things in your life where like that, is, that, that, that would be an obstacle to you moving towards people, that I would say, by God's grace, would you say, God, allow me, allow those things to not be an obstacle anymore. Allow, don't let those things stop me, God. You may have experienced tremendous grief in your life. You might be right there now and you come to church and you're like, it's like it stops you from moving towards other people. The same power that was given to that woman is given to you. And if she can run towards those people that treated her in that way, who could you take a step towards? Who could you move towards relationally? And yeah, it might hurt. And yeah, the things that come back to your heart and mind might be bad experiences, but I read this and I just go, God is committed to wanting to use us in spite of what we've experienced. To help us grow in faith, to grow in relationships, God gives us the direction of Scripture. He gives us the power of His Spirit. He gives us a Saviour that sets us free. And He also gives us a church community to be part of. They're pretty incredible things. Just as I wrap up, I was thinking about how, man, like what would be a great experience for the young professionals in the life of our church or our, our Morelap congregation? And, and listening to them, they will say like, oh man, i got, I got all the friends I need. Like I don't need any more friends and there's like all this stuff, like they've just got it, a lot of it sewed so together. I just kept on coming back to this, that if there's opportunity that it's like God can use us to pour living water into their souls. Then let's do that. And some of you still might be thinking, "Oh, where would I even start?" I just say maybe you could start after we finish up on a Sunday. Doesn't have to be today. Don't bombard them today. But you know, I, I loved a couple of Sundays ago. I saw this. Just listen to this interaction where someone had come out of church, and I think Matt had been talking about what we orbit our life around. What are we going to put in the centre of our lives? And, and, and two people were chatting and one turned to the other and said, oh, I don't know you. And so they shook hands and, and, they, and, and, they, and then one of them said, oh, I was really challenged by that message. Like, I don't think I always orbit my life around God. And before you knew it, there was this incredible conversation happening about what was God, God was doing in each of their lives and they didn't really know each other. But I was like, I'd love to see more of that. Because those two people walked away, I was like, oh man, they were so encouraged. And I thought, I reckon we could do that for our young professionals too. We could do that for each other. Because I know, like, if, we, if you see Nathan out in the morning tea area, like, I, I don't think he gives a rip if you can't remember his name. I don't think he cares one bit if you remembered his name one week and then he's, you've forgotten it the next I don't think he, he's concerned or they're concerned about whether you get it right all the time or you say the, say the best thing or whatever. But if you go with a heart to listen and to support and encourage, if you go with the mentality that like you go, mate, you're a blessing to our church. You're a blessing to me compared to the culture of what our culture holds up and the values, and then you're choosing to live this way and follow Jesus passionately, like just go in and have that conversation. Maybe there's an opportunity to pray together that you would just choose to be a blessing. To pour living water into our soul, God didn't give us an app He gave us a saviour, he gave us his word, he gave us his spirit and he gave us community. And so much of that is just us being blessed by God. But I just feel this conviction of like, what are the things that we can do as a community to love and support each other? And so, I don't know, why don't we stand together? We're going to sing together in just a moment. If you'd um, be happy to just close your eyes for a moment or two. We're going to, let's pray and that together we could turn our eyes to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. God, we thank you so much for the promise of living water for our souls. Where would we be without you? Thank you that we can grab hold of your promises, that they are true and they're just as true for us now as they were for that woman at the well. That we don't have to be thirsty, we don't have to be dry. And God, would you by your Holy Spirit, give us the courage and power. Bless us that we don't hold on to the things that could be an obstacle to moving towards people. That remarkable lady runs towards, the pe- to, towards people to share the good news of what you've done and what you're doing. That had hurt her, that had done all those things. Equip us to live the life that you want us to live. Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill us with that living water, that living water that brings life and joy and energy. God, this morning, we wanna hold up to you those young professionals that are part of our church, part of our congregation. We would say, like, bless them in Jesus' Name. Give them everything they need to follow you passionately. May we be the people that are the ones that cheer them on the loudest in moments of doubt and uncertainty where they're not, you know, sure thing, just life seems to be just a bit of a storm that, you know, whenever they're around us as a church community, they go, oh, I'm in a good place. I'm in a, in a right place because we're the people that would hold up You, Lord Jesus, and say, living water, pour afresh on us, pour into our hearts, transform us all for Your glory. God, we thank You so much that it's not this kind of cistern imagery of like that Your, your water is gonna run out, that you know, a deep well of water for our soul. Why don't you take a moment just now as we sing to invite the Holy Spirit to pour into your life afresh. Say, come Holy Spirit. Fill me afresh with living water.